please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Vagabond Exchange podcast. Here in a dining room somewhere in Nashville, I am Emily, sitting across from the ever-handsome William. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm just trying to butter you up. I appreciate why. What benefit do you get out of that today? If I tell you, you won't do it, so I'm not telling you. (laughs) No, tell me. No. So there is a benefit of you butter, buttering there me is up a, on There's the always a benefit. Podcast. On the podcast or just overall? Just in general. And on the and podcast. Or I might just be BSing you right now. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on? Oh. This and that? Yeah, this and that. Mm-hmm. Freaking frack. Um, we were discussing uh, a couple hours ago how uh, this week we may have broken the curse although sort of yeah newsman robert novak passed away i don't know a whole lot about him i know he used to be on cnn and i think he may have been on the uh mclaughlin group oh but i think he was in his 80s or maybe not he had cancer so but uh, we had thought we'd perhaps gone a week without someone famous passing, passing away, away. Yep. and it turned out not we to were be wrong the case. yes so, sorry. Just everyone. have to shoot for another week. That's right. Hopefully the curse will be broken. Yep. And are we going to be here next week? Maybe we'll have a good streak. Um, well, we're not going to be here next... I don't know if we're going to be able to do a show. Well, maybe we'll do a show. It'll be a little later That's than true. normal. That's true. Because we are going to Chicago. Chicago. In a couple of days mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll probably probably have a lot to talk about when we return from that trip yep. hopefully i'm it's, looking forward to it I, I'm, are you looking forward to it i am okay good yeah i wasn't sure i don't like to get overly excited about trips because because you don't want to be disappointed disappointed right that's a that's a fair reaction but, i suppose but i thought you were a little you were facing chicago with a bit of trepidation <laughs> i am but i face most trips to new places that way true so um, but I am looking forward to Cubs, to seeing the Cubs. Play. As am I. And it's a night game. And, Indeed. Uh, so that should be fun. Yep. And the various uh, tourist spots that you have planned for us. Yes, I do. Yes. So it's going to be great. Should be fun. Uh, we haven't heard from. We haven't heard back from Seattle, Joe. Nope, we haven't. And. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, sorry, we had to pause briefly because Charlie, uh, the mascot cat of the podcast, is <laughs> right. really wanting to go outside right now. And he cannot, as we, as he's prone to jumping the fence and escaping. Exactly. So, um, yeah, Chicago. So yes. if you're from the Chicago area and you have recommendations for places you'd like us to go and later talk about, you can email us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. Yep, and you have about five days to do it. So right, and I, I know a lot of our listeners have that I know have gone to Chicago. So mm-hmm. perhaps if they listen soon, they, they can, can make uh, give us suggestions. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. Um, you were saying something about Seattle Joe, though. I think that's probably important. Oh yes, we haven't heard back from Seattle Joe, so I don't know if he was if he's been delayed. We don't want to seem like stalkers or anything, but uh, we were kind of looking forward to hearing back from Seattle Joe, basically because of the the questions we had last week. Mm-hmm. We didn't mean to give you a homework assignment, right. Seattle Joe, so, and we hope we didn't scare you off or offend you. <laughs> right. so, so take your time. Right. Joe Cool After school Working in a supermarket Just like a me Joe Cool Do it right 
But we did see a movie. We did. Which is atypical. Just kidding. It's very <laughs> typical. Yes. Well, it's atypical that we only saw one movie. That's this week. true. We only saw but one. But what a movie. We saw um, Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino's new film. I've been looking for it pretty much all summer long. I've been looking forward to it for probably a while now. Well, probably since his last movie came out. You've been yes. looking forward to whatever next movie he was going to put out. Right. But he's been writing this one or been working on it i believe for 10 years oh really yeah i wow. mean this is something that he's had in his back pocket for quite a while um we saw Glorious bastards yesterday mm-hmm. uh afternoon um in a pretty not full but there were a lot of people in the theater yeah um, for a first show on a saturday yeah and i only point that out because uh most of them seem like actual tarantino yeah. fans they must have been because they were pretty respectful during the movie there yeah. wasn't a lot of distraction everyone was focused there were a lot of dudes i was there one were of a few lot chicks of there were some women in there a few but m- far more dudes okay right yeah you're probably right and I am. um <laughs> I am. <laughs> all right well anyway uh the movie is basically about the inglorious bastards headed by uh a character named aldo ray Aldo Rain or Aldo Ray? I think it's Aldo Rain. Yeah. From uh He was Tennessee. from Tennessee, yeah. Right. From the he claimed to well, he said uh Maynardsville, Tennessee, yes, I believe. Yes. <laughs> um and he's leading up a troop of eight uh Jewish soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he basically has the the goal of every one of his soldiers getting a hundred scalps from the Nazis. Right. This is this takes place during the Second World War, so uh, but it, it's also a patchwork of stories. It's like most Tarantino movies; you kind of have several different stories going along, and then kind of coming together, right? Uh, at the end, right? So you have one story with uh, Brad Pitt and his soldiers, kind of going to being marauders, going across the land, killing, maiming, wounding. Nazi soldiers. Then you have another story of a um, a survivor, a Jewish survivor, who uh, moves to France to open up a movie theater. I think that I can say that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not giving away too much. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't. I, I won't say how she gets to that point. She's chased out of Nazi-occupied France and moves to. Right. That's probably the important kind of cliffhanger of the story. Right. You have a kind of another. Story that kind of links all the stories together. Mm-hmm. So the security officer for the uh, for the German mm-hmm. uh, army, who is um, both kind of tracking down um, the Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt and his soldiers, as well as I guess he works for the Fuhrer, and um, he's tends, he claims to be an expert at uh, you know finding I guess the hidden Jews that are hiding or. Pretending you know, that right. they're not Jewish, yeah. Um, and then, is there another? I guess those are two of the main. Well, the the Inglorious Bastards kind of have this sort of spinoff story, aside from their general hunting and killing of Nazi soldiers. There's kind of a sub story where they're um, they're planning kind of a big event at the end of the movie and it's kind of a subset i guess of of the main plot right but i was wondering the big event they weren't aware of this big event it kind of came to right. them as they're yeah, marauding across the land and they come into contact with um certain individuals i guess yes. to give them yes a, a hint into this plot anyway it's hard to talk about because i feel like i'm gonna say too much mm-hmm. so what i will say is that there are a lot of familiar voices mm-hmm. uh some new faces that you're not accustomed to seeing in Tarantino movies, like, and I can say this because you see it in the commercial, Mike Myers mm-hmm. is in the film. You have uh, Samuel Jackson doing a little narration in the film. Right. Uh, what I will say is that, and I can't re- <coughs> remember the guy's name, that that's the security officer. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a real, to me, he was a real standout. Yeah, he was awesome. He was the, yeah. You hated him. Like you hated I hated him, him but I... I kind of admired the fact that he was so intelligent, so 
charismatic. Right. Like they say kind of repeatedly, he's, he's a ladies' man. So obviously, you know, he's he knows how to spin a phrase. But he, he's very smart as right. well. You can't get anything over on him. Right. Um, and I, so I would be surprised if, I would not be surprised if he ended up getting nominated for some kind of award. I was um, thinking that too as we were watching it. Right. And I really liked the... Um, the woman who played the sort of Jewish refugee who hides out in France later. She was awesome. Yeah, she was very good. And Do you I, know what I, the actress's I name is? I can't remember her name We'll have yet. to look it up later, but right. she was great. Pretty uh, much everyone was, Yes. even smaller parts, few, with few, few speaking lines, had were interesting or funny or had some... Uh, Tarantino doesn't waste characters. No. That's one thing I He doesn't waste about him. characters, and his films tend to be on the longer side. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. To me, he doesn't waste scenes either. Right. Even when they're they're talking about things that may not necessarily be integral to the plot, mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're listening because you want to see where this conversation is going. Right. There's a lot of a lot of dialogue in the film. Uh, there's dialogue, you know, even at the beginning. There's you know the there's a lot of action in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's sparse compared to getting to those points. You're so um, used to seeing films where there are these quick cuts and a lot of action and a lot of movement and the scenes are short and quick and right. you're jumping from one place to another. With movies like this and other Tarantino films, you have to kind of learn to relax mm-hmm. and listen and pay attention to the characters and pay attention to what they're saying as well because some of the things that they say will end up, they're very important to what will happen later. Right. It's not a, a sit back and relax kind of film. You have to pay attention a little right. bit. Right. And even something, and there were points where I go, now why did he do this? And mm-hmm. then I realized, uh, that's that's why he did it. Yeah. What I will say, uh, and I'm glad about this, is that Brad Pitt is not in a whole lot. Of, he's in the movie. Right, but he's not, like, I wouldn't consider him an anchor or anything. You know, he was... He's, a, he's just as, you know, other characters that were just as important as his character, mm-hmm. if not more so. Right. And I'm glad about that. And I think he was kind of the comic relief. I'm also kind of yeah. glad that he yeah. was played that way. Because his character is from Tennessee, but his accent is horrible. Right. I think you would agree, <laughs> even though horrible. you're not from Tennessee, you're like, there's no way this guy <laughs> is <laughs> <Right>. from Tennessee. <laughs> and he kind of had this f- kind of sling blade. You remember like the guy from Sling Blade? Um, underbite right. kind of thing going, yeah. So that was kind of weird, but but the, funny, and it was—I mean, it was stereotypical, kind of like the Deliverance Country hillbilly character. But it and I'm glad he wasn't supposed to be taken seriously, right? Right, because that I think would have been ineffective. Right, um, very graphic. Uh, yeah, not a lot of violence, but when there is, it's very, very much graphic. Tarantino kind of almost. Um, there's an abundance of. Mm-hmm. You know, blood and gunfire, and it's guts and brain matter. Yeah, yeah. Those parts where I had to cover my eyes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I will say that I went into it and you know expecting a lot, mm-hmm. and I was not at all disappointed. I actually I loved the movie. Really? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it the fact that it was so different in that this is you're used to seeing kind of Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Brown, even the characters kind of talked in the same way. Right. Whereas uh, in Glorious Bastards, you're in a completely different uh, time. Mm-hmm. And then the dialogue, even though they didn't talk in the same way, the dialogue was just as rich. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I think he he hit it out of the park once again. Good. <laughs> I liked it, too. Okay. Um, not that I was expecting not to like it. I just don't. I don't really understand. No, I wouldn't say I don't understand the fascination with Tarantino. I just. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. It was good. I liked it. It was f- funny at certain moments. It made you kind of think about war and its effects on people. And yeah. 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 I wouldn't go see it again. You but wouldn't? I liked it. <laughs> See, I would, I would go down. I probably will go see it again. Yeah. Uh, but see, I also I like dialogue. Right. When it's really good, I don't mind sitting there watching two people talk. Right. Because it's almost like being at a party or at a bar and overhearing, you kind of eavesdropping on someone else's conversation. Absolutely. 
when it's good, you don't want to walk away from it. And I enjoy scenes like that. And he's very good at doing that. It's good. Um, so, yeah, but we also today, we watched, uh, because you hadn't seen it before, we, we watched Jackie Brown. Right. Tarantino's film after Pulp Fiction. Right. Uh, it came you? out right after Pulp Fiction, right? Like uh, the year after? Well, it came out in 97. Pulp Fiction was 94, I Okay, think. so just a couple of years. Yeah. What did you think about Jackie Brown? I like Brown? Jackie Brown. Um, and I always wanted to see it because I like Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, I don't know. It had that, I can see now what you're talking about with sort of the patchwork stories because that kind of had the same sort of like interwoven. There, there's Everyone in the story is doing different things for themselves. Right. And it all he makes it all come together at the end, which I guess is the point of any story. But... He does it especially well. Yeah. So I like Jackie Brown for that reason. And I also like it. He uses, I don't know, the imagery that he uses I think is really good. And that he doesn't, it's not like this big like visual love fest or anything. Or like there's a lot of eye candy. Mm -hmm. But it, he tells a story in a way that gives you what you need to, I guess, sort of imagine the rest. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's why I like Tarantino. Yeah. I like the, the fact that he doesn't use sex as a distraction right. a lot of times either. There may right. be quick, you know, little scenes where there's sex or whatever, but it's not, you're not bombarded with sex. Yeah. You're bombarded with language. Right. He's very much into language. I think that's closer know. to real life anyway. I agree. So, so yeah, I like Jackie Brown too. Um, it kind of got, it didn't get as much critical acclaim as Pulp Fiction. Really? Yeah. I think some people thought it was a little bit long-winded. Um, it is I guess you could, I could see where that that comes from but yeah but I like I mean Inglorious Bastards I think was just as long yeah and Pulp Fiction I think it's probably about that long but too but Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards I think um, I didn't notice how long they were oh, really? I noticed that Jackie, Jackie Brown was long yeah okay so I, I would say definitely go see it absolutely and bring all your friends your neighbors and your family right well above the age of 18 right. 17 so we usually do a review uh, we, we this is now now comes the time i'm horribly inarticulate today um now we have our little contest where we try to get as close to the rating on imdb.com as possible it's a little game we like to play with ourselves Yep. So what would you, where would you rank this, William? And the scale is from 1 to 10. Yes. I would give Inglorious Bastards a a 9. I'd give it an 8.5. Okay. And it was number 1 this week. Well, are we surprised with that? Um, no. <laughs> well, anytime a rated R movie, I mean, District 9, I think it's PG-13, and it's got pretty good ratings, um, reviews, so got a rated R movie to knock it. Out of first place. 8.7. There we go. So, right in between. That's right. Um, the guy... Well, yeah, let's look at some of these... Uh, he plays Colonel Hans Landa. Yes. And Melanie Laurent played Shush Escapee. Right. She was great. She was very good. Um, Diane Kruger, also great. BJ Novak from The Office. Oh, yeah. A small role. That's right. But... Humorous, all those guys, all the the, the bastards were, were funny. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. They all, they made they gave them all kind of little personalities that were funny and or tragic, whatever. Right. So yeah, so, go see it. Yep, we approve. We do. So we have a lot in the hopper for the next few weeks for movies. We do, and uh, there was a preview. I thought, what was that? Oh, the Wolfman. I was really yes, yeah. That looked interesting. Benicio del Toro, right? Uh, Emily Blunt, yes, your girlfriend, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Hopkins, yes, yes, yep. yes, yes. Comes out in I forget November or something, but that looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, do we see any other previews? Well, we saw the ones that we'd seen before. There was the Shutter Island one with right. Leonardo DiCaprio. There was another Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, one. Uh, started with an I. I forget the name of it. But I'm sure I'll see it. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Something to look forward to. And I guess the next thing we'll probably see is uh, The Cove. Yes, yes. We'll see that documentary uh, next week, this week. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we will let you guys know what we think of that. Yes, reviews to follow. Yep. Each and every man under my command owes me 100 Nazi scalps. And I want my scalps. So, uh, we actually we haven't talked about this in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Because I guess we haven't been peeved by anything <laughs> in particular. I'm not enough to go on about it on this through this forum. Right. Uh, but this week we kind of both have our pet peeves. Mm-hmm. So, do you want me to... Yeah, you start. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was at work, uh, probably t- Monday or Tuesday, and we have kind of long hallways at our at our work. Right. Workplace. Right. And a co-worker, an older woman that I know, was walking a couple of feet ahead of me, mm-hmm. and she didn't know I was walking behind her. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I guess eventually she realized that someone was behind her. She turned around and she looked at me, and the expression on her face didn't change or anything like that, you know, out of recognition or anything. She turned back around, and then she threw up her hand in the air and just kind of waved nonchalantly without saying anything. Okay. And uh, for some reason, that really irritated me. It seems to me, especially if you work with someone and you see them almost on a daily basis, you would kind of at least say, when you turn around, say hello, mm-hmm. or say something. But when you just kind of throw up your hand, it's like you could take me or leave me. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. This interaction with this said individual, mm-hmm. do you think you would have been as offended if you didn't have a crush of an enormous mag- magnitude <laughs> on this person? It's not an enormous crush. It's and not an enormous crush, really? No. Okay. She's an attractive older woman. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I think who I believe you've mentioned that you've had certain physical reactions when you've been close to her. She makes me. <laughs> Am I wrong? Me, no, she makes me a little bit nervous when I see her. Right. Uh, I, I'm I, just saying. However. <laughs> yeah. No, you're no. I think that if if this were a person that I didn't, if I wasn't attracted to her, mm-hmm. and she did the same thing to me. Or a guy, even if it was a male. I really? Yeah, I would have been offended. Because I feel like I'm just, it's almost like you're brushing me off your, like I'm dust lint that you're brushing off your shoulder. Well, let me just say this in her defense. Okay. Sometimes I do that in an attempt to be cute. Hmm. I also do the side coy wave in an attempt to be cute. And uh, I don't say anything. Not because I don't love you, just because... You're just trying to be cute. Right. So you think she was trying to be cute? Uh, my guess was that she was trying to be cute. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, then. I don't want your little feelings to be hurt. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel better. I'm serious. Thank you. And you could be right. And I saw her later, like the next day, and she said a full-blown hello. See? How are you? So. Exactly. All right. You guys can noodle. just being sensitive, maybe. Anyway, or so maybe not. You could be right. <laughs> Build me up to tear me right back down. <laughs> so what about you? Um, well, and I don't know. I feel like kind of a jerk when I say things like this, but I'm going to plow through anyway. It irritates me when people with children decide to use really inopportune times to teach their kids, like, modern-day lessons. Right. For example... I was at the grocery store the other day, and, okay, I'm a little obnoxious with my grocery shopping because I, for some reason in the last, like, six months or so, I haven't done it regularly. Mm-hmm. I just go grab things, like, in the evening when I need them. So, usually, if I'm in the grocery, it's after I worked, like, ten hours or something. So, you were tired. I was tired. Okay. And I also wanted, I was hungry, so I just wanted to get my food and get the hell out of Kroger. So I get in line, and first of all, all of the, like, U-scan lines were, there was a really long back up there, so I decided to go through the regular line. And there was just one woman in front of me, and she had maybe, I don't know, 30 items in her cart. It wasn't, like, some huge order. But she decided it would be a good idea to let her four-year-old take the items out of the cart and put them on the conveyor belt. So I'm standing behind her. No, I may have missed this. Did she have a full cart? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was probably like halfway full. I mean, it wasn't like mounded up, but I oh. mean, it was enough to like... And she was, was this a girl or a boy? It was a, the, it was a little boy. 
Okay. And, and she was letting him take every item out? Exactly. Okay. She was actually standing, like, pushing the, the cart, and her son was standing on the end of it, reaching over and <laughs> picking things up and getting stepping down and putting them on the conveyor belt. Okay. And then climbing back up on the little bar, reaching down, taking something out, and putting it on the conveyor belt. Okay. And I'm standing there, and she turns around, and she, like, smiles sheepishly at me. And I'm thinking, okay, it's not like you don't have a choice here. Like, that's your kid. The cart has that little basket thing that you can strap him into. Or you could, like, help him. Like, you know, I'm not opposed to teaching your kids, like, hey, this is what happens at the grocery store. So they become self-sufficient at one point. But I'm not sure that 6.30 in the evening is the best time to do that, first of all. Um, And I'm also not sure that um, it's good to tie up other people to try to, like, raise your kid. So I was like, I don't know. I was incredibly irritated. And it wasn't just that, because I was in line at the bank, and I never, ever go into the bank. But I just happened to need to go in this one time. And there was this... There was this family in front of me, and it was a mom and a dad, and I think they must have had, like, four or five little kids, right? And so, like, the teller calls them up, and they all come up to the the line, and the kids are, like, you know, pulling themselves, because the the counter's fairly high. Like, it hits me above my hips, so, you know, little kids can't really see over that. They're, like, pulling themselves up to see over the side, and the mom's like, okay, she's going to count out the money now. And, like, the teller had to keep stopping. Like, the mom kept stopping her to be like, okay, can you explain to them what you're doing now? Yeah, that would have been And I was like, really? (laughs) Like, this is not personal finance. Right. This is the bank you on a Saturday. Yeah. Exactly. Like, people have places to do, and the bank's only open till noon anyway. Right. It's like the one time I choose to go there. And you could just hear the people behind me like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So, I don't know. Perhaps I'm just, like, a bitchy, single, no. you know. Well. No, I don't have any hangers on at this point, so it annoys me. But I just feel like if I had a child, I would look around first and be like, is this the appropriate time? Because I, I believe that you need to do things like that. Right. But maybe you do, like, something at home to kind of, like, you know. I think you do most of it at home. Um, yeah, I agree. But I think the grocery store thing, I think it was probably a combination of you having a long, hard day. Mm-hmm. If it was in the afternoon, you weren't in any, any rush, uh, you prob- probably would have been okay with it. Right. Uh, at the same time. I think you let your kid take out any item Mm -hmm. at his own speed while you're taking out items as well. Right. Maybe three items to his one or whatever. Then it's like, then you just basically have a helper. I mean, at that point, it's it's a win-win for everybody. Right. But you got to recognize the fact that there are other... That irritates me, the fact that once people have kids, it seems like there's their kid and then there's the world outside their kid. Exactly. And whatever, however, whatever effect... Your uh, added the attitude of your child has on the outside world is, the is outside no long, is not important, right, right? Right. Yes, that irritates me as well. And the yeah. bank thing, yeah, that that's an inappropriate and unacceptable, mm-hmm. especially on a Saturday. I mean, it's a Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday, my one day off right. where I can go to the everybody bank. in that line. Exactly, was off. Yeah, they pretty much. Other things to do, I'm sure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you got to think about stuff like that. And there are pr- plenty of computer programs and this yes. and that. You can teach your kid all exactly. kinds of things. How to count money. Yes. And I think that part of that, too, is we live in an area where there's a lot of uh, stay-at-home moms. Right. And so, I, I mean, growing up, the area where I live pretty much, I mean, with the exception of maybe two or three kids in my class, everybody's moms uh, worked all day. So they didn't, you know, everybody was kind of doing the same thing on on. Saturdays and Sundays and so I think that's kind of a product of that whole like nurture like I spend all day with my child and this is normal and you know (laughs) you you sort of start acting like a kid when you spend time with one all the time so but I mean you while you're teaching your kid all these things you also should be teaching them to respect other Mm -hmm. people and respect that not everybody is just like you right and that the world doesn't revolve around you right Yes. But we know how those people grow up, so. <laughs> I guess. No, I mean, the more you, you talk about it, the more I understand what you're saying. Because it, it irritates me when everyone, when any time someone puts their kid ahead of. The rest of the human race. Other people, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. bad at restaurants, too. Especially if you go to, like, a like an Applebee's or, a, like, Italia, or not Italia Garden, sorry. 
Olive it's a little shout out to my hometown, Olive <laughs> Garden. Um, yeah, if you go to like ch- kind of chain restaurants that are a little more, little more, and that's specifically why I don't go to like really kid friendly restaurants because those are for kids and families, and I'm not going to try to bust up in there and you know drink and smoke and yeah. carry on with my adult friends. I'll go to different establishments, right. but don't take your kids there. Yeah, and I don't hate kids. I don't hate kids. We either. were uh, at dinner Friday night. We were having a going away party yes. for a guy, and there was this little kid playing his dad's some game on his dad's iPhone. And he was very funny. He was very cute. And, and but, but his parents kept him corralled right. and had something for him to do. And it wasn't they didn't seem offended with the fact that other people were drinking, and you know that it, they were sitting by the bar. It wasn't right. Just acknowledge that there's a world outside of your your little world that you've created, right? Which I respect. But you know, once when I was younger, my parents and I were at church. And there's this couple with their little baby. The kid was probably two or three. Yeah. And the kid kept farting. <laughs> Loudly? So, or just smelling? Not enough for people around you, her, to hear. Yeah. And was so, how, she was a little baby? Or was she like, she a, was, was she walking? I think she was old enough to be told to stop Sounds, doing that. But okay. the thing was, we're, you know, having mass or whatever. And the kid's going... <laughs> And then everybody's going, oh, the parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and she kept doing it. And I'm like, first of all, this kid is incontinent. You need to figure <laughs> right. out, you know, something's wrong here. Right. And the next time it's Second not going to be it just stinks. a fart. Right. right. <laughs> it, it doesn't smell good. No. You know, we're in church. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful just in church. Just take the kid yeah. out to the lobby or whatever, mm-hmm. to the bathroom. Um, so, I mean, the fact that that sticks in my mind. 20 years later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's one of my mom's biggest peeves about church is when people bring their babies in and the kids, let, let their kids like scream and cry through the whole service. Right. Yeah. Anytime you have a congregation, church mm-hmm. movies, wherever people are congregated. Yes. Keep in mind that, you know, they're probably all focused on something. Yeah. And if you have a little <laughs> exactly. whiny, crying kid. Or smelly, making smelly smells or, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And that you're affecting a lot of people. So. And yes, I did just say smelly smells. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm not anti-kid. I don't want to get, I don't want us to get angry emails in a couple of days. Yes. But I'm no longer listening to your show. <laughs> like the three people that have been listening. Like Octomom is now offended. <laughs> It's not that, it's just, you know. And maybe one day I'll have a child and I'll understand, but I don't really see that happening. So, for now, keep your kids away That's from me. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm just kidding. Having a kid and becoming one of these people and exactly. going, oh, you know, I swore I would never be this, but now I am. Because yep. I can't help it. Yep. But, you know, speaking of kids and Octomom, we saw, uh, we were watching the soup. Yeah. And this little <laughs> kid, one of her, her son. Mm-hmm. She's trying to discipline him. One of her sons. She's got like fourteen kids. Right, right. And he slaps her and then calls her a bitch. Well, he was. She was. First of all, she was disciplining him for sitting on the on one of the babies. Sitting on one of the babies, and this was like a two year old, right? I'd say. Well, he's probably like one and a half or two. I don't know if he was quite two, but yeah, he he hit her like full across the face. Right. And then called her a bitch uh, twice. Well, right. That's one kid. You yeah. got thirteen other kids. Right. So. I don't know if I should feel sorry for this lady. I don't. I don't know how you can feel sorry for someone that. It's not like she accident. It happened accidentally. Yeah, but uh, well, I'm sure she didn't expect to have. I thought that she was eight kids. I thought that she was artificially inseminated. She was. But that's oh, one of the things that happens with in she, vitro. It was like a fertility thing. I thought that she had like in vitro. Kate and, okay, maybe. Kate right. had in vitro. Oh, she did? Yeah. They had twins first, and then they decided to do another round of in vitro. And they had six more. See, I thought that stuff was like a, uh, where it's a shot in the dark. You don't know how many you're actually going to Exa- have. That's exactly it. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure that's why I don't Octomom. Feel, that's why I don't feel sorry for her, though. But, uh, because she knew that there was a chance she could have. There's a chance, yeah. But I don't know. what are the, I don't know what the, the percentages of people who have this done. Of, of people that have multiple, like more than three. It, it's less, and it's less. And usually when they do get pregnant from multiples, they end up losing all or, or some of them. Right. But I guess where I 
Well, she had six kids already, right? Uh, right. And so. I'm a little snarky because there's so many women that would kill, you know, that would kill to have one, just one. Right. And then we have people that capitalize on the fact that they either can get pregnant and choose to have thousands of kids or apparently spend money to have 13. Right. So it makes me a little pissy. Right. Um, Sorry. So we'll get off kids now because... <laughs> Probably death <laughs> I screwed up my life. I screwed up my kids' lives. What, I, what the heck am I going to do? I have to put on this strong facade and I have to pretend like, oh, I don't regret it. I can't regret it now because I love them. They're here. Well, what, what, what was I thinking? Um, anyway. So I, this wasn't part of our... But I think we should say that the official beverage of... The, the Vagabond, uh, Vagabond Exchange. Exchange podcast will be uh, vodka tonics. Correct. So to all our listeners, uh, Emily and I, and Emily introduced me to vodka tonics, and now it's like my favorite mixed drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to all our listeners, if there's a, a particular vo- brand of vodka that you really like, we would love to uh, try it. Yes. So, and see, you know, or if, for all our vodka people out there who own a company that sells vodka <laughs> if you'd like for us to taste it and give you a review we'll you gladly do like it like to sponsor the show and william how would they reach us if they wanted to talk to us about vodka they could uh send us an email at vagabond exchange at gmail.com that's right yep or call 411 <laughs> i stole <laughs> that <laughs> from tony kornheiser but. or call 411 <laughs> That's really funny, and probably if they asked for the Vagabond Exchange, that 411 wouldn't know what they were talking about. No. That's funny. Yeah. Um, before we... But, oh, before we talk about anything else, we should okay. talk about our friend that's that's moving. We just talked about how we had a going away party on Friday. Oh, yeah. For our friend Damon, who is moving to Washington, D.C. to join the ranks as a U.S. government employee. And uh, we could call him D.C. Damon. D.C. Damon, yeah, that's, that's right. good. Damon's a good guy. He's a, a resident Nashvillian, um, and he's moving in like three days. Yep, D.C. So, yep, D.C. So best of luck to him. And he says that we have a standing offer of uh, Nets. Tickets, tickets in which we will take Orioles him up tickets, on Ravens tickets. That's right. I, I think he listed at least seven He's, sporting events. Yes, he listed list, listed every sports team within a hundred mile radius <laughs> right. of DC. He's very excited. Yes, his girlfriend less so, but she's very <laughs> right. supportive. Of yes, she is, which is very sweet of her. Um, so Damon, we'll we'll be seeing you soon, friend. Yes. Good luck. And I'm sure he'll be back to visit on occasion, but that's always a big step to move. Away from all familiarity to a new job, new place, new friends, new everything. Right. And luckily he has friends up there. Right. Right. He's a Virginia Tech alum, so I think a lot of his friends moved to D.C. after school. Yeah. Since we're giving shout-outs, we should also give a shout-out to our friend. uh, Yes. Dr. Walker. Yes. Paging Dr. Walker. Paging Dr. Walker. It hurts when I do this. (laughs) Um, William wants to turn his head and cough for you. Yes. Um, best of luck, Mr. Walker. We know you're studying hard, so hopefully this podcast isn't a distraction to you any more than it absolutely should be. And we're no, we know you're going to go on to do great things. So and, uh, think about us when you're overlooking overlooking your beachfront real estate <laughs> in the future. Yeah. And we will probably have a lot of uh, medical questions for you in the future. Yeah, we'd like to propose that you become a, a contributor to the Vagabond Exchange. Yes. As a matter of fact, to all the other listeners, if you have certain medical questions, <laughs> go ahead and email us uh, That's right. about them, and we will send them directly to Dr. Walker. Yes. And uh, we're absolutely sure he can answer any medical <laughs> question there is. <laughs> That's right. He can. He's specializing in proctology, so, <laughs> so I'm kidding. Bring it on. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yep. And thanks for listening, Dr. Walker. Your vote of support is is very much appreciated. It is. The Love Doctor. Show shocking, boot knocking, and world rocking. 
I'm a love advisor, hypnotizer, and energizer when it comes to love. Yeah, I have a, I have a funny story to tell. Um, I was talking to one of my friends uh, from Boston earlier this week, and um, he was telling me, we were talking about uh, famous people sightings that we'd had recently, and I was telling him how I'd seen uh, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman at uh, the Green Hills Mall here in Nashville, and he thought that was pretty cool. And we were talking about all of the comedians and actors who are from the Boston area. And he said um, that he had been, he lives in South Boston, which is kind of where, um, it was where Gone, the movie Gone was shot. He said it was like two blocks from the South. Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone, yeah, sorry. Um, Where that was shot. And um, he's seen like, like, I guess Casey Affleck and Ben Affleck are always hobnobbing around over there. But he said he had been out at a bar with some friends and... um, (laughs) And he noticed that he he said there was a very familiar looking guy sitting in a booth um, a few spots away from them. And he said his friends were kind of looking. They couldn't quite place him. And he said, I think that's David Spade. Well, it was David Spade. But he said the funny part was that the whole time David Spade was there, he was drinking um, like one liter bottles of Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. You know how you can buy the one liter bottles? But that he was also sitting, in the way he was sitting in his booth, he had his legs, like, tucked up under him. So his butt was, like, resting on his heels. <laughs> <laughs> so he was kind of, like, popped out over the rest of the crowd, like, looking out over everyone, sitting on his... On was his, he alone? Did he? he was alone for a while, and then Colin Quinn... Really? Colin Quinn came and wow. met up with him, and, um, and my friend's name is Rick, um, said that Colin just sat there and smoked cigarettes the whole time and David Spade drank his Coke. He said there really wasn't any dialogue at all. Really? But that David Spade sat that way the whole time he was at, at the booth. It's a lucky man. If I sit like that, I'm in an emergency room like a, you know, a day later with blood clots. And- <laughs> but not only that, but like really in a booth? Like that's how little kids sit in a booth. Yeah. But well, he said it was very funny because, you know, he's a little man. And, right. And so everyone... I have an immense amount of respect for David Spade. First of all, I think he's very funny. He is very funny. Second of all, he dates the hottest women on the face of the planet. Chicks like funny dudes. Well, obviously. Right? Yes. I mean, name one funny guy that's not with some beautiful woman. Uh, Right? Yes. Adam Sandler's got a beautiful wife. I think Matt Damon's really funny. He's got a beautiful wife. Um, other comedians that have beautiful wives. Tracy what, those, Morgan. Those, yeah, yeah Tracy he's getting, Morgan. Well, he's getting divorced, so Is he's he? not, yeah. Well, 20 those, years he was with his wife. Really? Yep. I wonder what happened. Uh-huh. Those yahoos from the uh, White Trash Tour. Those yeah. guys all have beautiful, beautiful wives. Girls love funny guys. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I need to start breaking out the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, that that's that is a funny story. Um, yeah, but you were I'm sorry, you were saying how you respect David no, Spade. I, I, I thought just, there were more items than that besides no, that's pretty hot much wife it. Well, and besides being funny and just dating these incredible one after the other women. Right. Just yep, I have to admire that. Right. Um, and Colin Quinn, of course, is hilarious. I love Colin Quinn. Yes. Remote control. Yes. Yeah, we actually talked about that as well, which is funny because remote control is, has come up like several times in conversation the last. Yeah, I wonder if that's out on DVD, remote control. I think that you should put that on your homework list for I this should. week. Yeah. So that was my story. It wasn't, it wasn't that funny, no, but it, I thought story. it was hilarious that yeah. he sat on, he his, sat on his heels. heels the whole time he was there. <laughs> In like Quinn. a bar, it, it wasn't. He's drinking diet coke. Right. He said, and he said the way waitress would bring him out. Like he said, he went through like three one liter bottles of diet coke. This now is he? He's not an alcoholic or anything. I don't think so. No, but he must not. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Well, I I wonder. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know if he because I wonder how much of an effect Chris Farley's kind of. Oh, I didn't think. I'm sure that has a lot to do with that. I mean, if your best friend and kind of. Yeah, and he said towards the end of his life, he kind of turned into a jerk. So yeah. I don't think they had that much as much communication, communication. as they had before. That's too but. bad. To 
so I guess we can talk about a few little tidbit things mm-hmm. that occurred during the week. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I want to point out that we just saw uh-huh. is that Megan Fox is going to be hosting the uh, premiere of Saturday Night Live. She is indeed. And you, you seem to be uh, slightly irked by that. I just need to get over my annoyance with Megan Fox. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's got this. When we were talking about that, the Diablo Cody, did uh-huh. she write it? And Megan Fox is a star, right? Right, right. So, well, I'm just saying that because a couple of podcasts ago, you were like, you know, what else has she done? Well, I so knew I she, think, that she was coming out with that. Okay. Well, and I agree, she hasn't really done anything else right. besides the Transformers movies. But I'm sure that's part what, part of the SNL thing. Oh, yeah. Diablo, that movie comes out, it said August 28th was a premiere of... The, the SNL premiere that oh, she's hosting. That's kind of early. I thought that's what it said on the thing, but maybe I was wrong. No, you may be right. Um, but I think this will prove whether or not she's kind of a one-trick pony or yeah. if she actually has some talent. So do you think you would respect her more if you saw this movie? And uh, do you th- First of all, do you think you will go see this movie? I, I, I don't know if I will or not. And the only reason I'm, I'm reluctant is because Diablo Cody wrote it. And I loved Juno. I mean, right. that was that's probably been one of my favorite movies in the last five years. Um, but Diablo writes a, a column for Entertainment Weekly, and right. she is so she loves herself yeah. so much. Not only that, but she also. I mean, you can tell that like everyone's an idiot, and she's the smartest person. Like right. that's that's sort of the slant that she takes on every column that she Which, writes if you think about it the main character in juno kind of had the same kind exactly of and that's i kind of like i see that in myself which is probably why it annoys <laughs> like diablo cody annoys me because i'm always like really people i'm very you know right. i'm sure that's why i'm sure that's why it annoys me but um i'll, I'll probably go see it i'll probably go just because i'm curious more than anything mm-hmm. but megan fox's character is uh, and Diab- diablo cody's talked about this She's supposed to be like this bimbo killer. So I don't really know that we'll see her really stretch her acting chops other than aside from being a bimbo, she'll also be a murderer. murderer. Wow. So we'll see. I, I want to see it just because, uh, yeah, for the same reason. Yeah. I haven't even seen the second Transformers movie yet. Um, but No, and I watched the first Transformers movie because we were supposed to go see the second right. one. So thanks for wasting an hour and 42 hey. minutes of my life. I'm just kidding. We should go see the movie, though, because... Because that's good fodder for a podcast. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Plus, we'll it have has plenty to talk about. the love of my life, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Transformers. I thought you were yes. talking about Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we should go see it. I, you know I'm probably going to see it just out of morbid curiosity. Right. Well, first of all, because Diablo Cody could prove... Because she's kind of also like a one-trick pony. She right. had Juno. Right. And I guess she wrote a book, um, which I haven't read. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody read it till Juno came out. But uh, so we can see if she actually... If this was a fluke. If right. Juno was a fluke or is she actually a good writer, screenwriter. Right. Um, and then Megan Fox as well. Yeah, and we'll also have to watch SNL. Although I kind of wonder how good that's going to be. Yeah, I don't see. I still don't see her being funny. Right. But maybe she'll be awesome. Yeah. You know. But you get surprised by some of the people that host the show, like Brian Williams. He was probably one of the best hosts yeah. that I've seen in a couple of years. And um, John Hamm. Yeah, he who plays a very, a very serious character. See, chicks yeah. love funny guys. He's yeah. a funny guy. Right. And um, Christina Aguilera is, is another one that comes to mind. That was a good one, That too. Sex in the City yeah. bit that she does where she plays Samantha. Right. That was great. Well, she was on Disney. So yeah, she's, she's got kind of, that little... She was an actress as well, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, kind of like Justin like, Timberlake. Well, yeah, Justin Timberlake's another funny guy. Right. See? We're yeah. making a connection here. But, um, like, Britney Spears, I didn't think she was that funny when she hosted. No. But, you know. Yeah, so... She's also been brainwashed. Britney Spears? Mm-hmm. Now? Yeah, I mean, do you really think you can undo the amount of crazy that's been imposed on her? Sure. Really? I think so. You have to separate yourself from certain individuals. Well, yeah, but I, th- I mean, I think at some point, you know, you're always going to have a little bit of a tick, you know? You think so? Yeah. I'm trying to, while we're sitting here, I'm trying to think of someone who went through that and then kind of pulled themselves out of it. I can't because they're all dying. I can see them, like, maybe when she gets to, like, her 50s. I'm thinking, like, a Carrie Fisher. Like, now she's looked back on her kind of jacked up 
youth and al- alcoholism, etc. And she's funny. Right. And it's very satirical, but I still feel like she's... Carrie Fisher? Yeah. Well, she did so many drugs that right. I don't well, know if she'll ever... I mean, Britney's done a lot herself. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. I'm, I'm being very tongue-in-cheek, tongue but... I can't. I can't imagine how you could ever. I mean, I'm sure that that you. She'll be. She's a good mom, and I'm sure that she will overcome this. But I. Quite, I mean, she's probably always going to be a little. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing is that maybe a lot of these people do pull themselves out of it, but they're no longer in the spotlight, and maybe that's one of the reasons or one of we don't, we the don't ways have a good that example. they could get yeah. out of it. Like Todd Bridges, I think is okay now. Is he? I think so. And I've only c- seen him on a couple of those like commentary reality show things where they show clips of it, like the top ten craziest celebrity moments, and right. then he goes in and makes comments about it. Right. No, I'm not saying he's successful. I'm just saying he's no longer incarcerated or right. on drugs. That's or, a good point. Like Dana Plato didn't make it. Yeah, I know. And uh, Gary Coleman still seems to have a lot of yep. troubles. Lindsay Lohan, I don't know how she's doing lately but you know who you know what like show actually produced like fairly normal representatives family ties michael j fox yeah justine bateman i mean she's done a little bit here and there but she seems normal yeah tina yothers yeah i don't know about like the kid who played the little boy right and i don't know about the yo mallory boyfriend but like the mom and dad i mean the one chick does, or the mom does, Lifetime Television Meredith for women Baxter movies. Yeah. yeah. There's this really great John Gaffigan or Jim Gaffigan bit about Meredith Baxter. What's her? La- what's the hyphen on her name? Bernie. Bernie. Although she got divorced, so it's just Meredith, Meredith Baxter. Yeah. Well, he talks about how Lifetime on Lifetime Television for women, it's always about somebody getting beaten, and how fu- like ironic it is that it's called Lifetime Television for women, and it's always about women getting beat up. And he's like, <laughs> he's like. <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie gets beaten by a rod in the Lifetime original original classic, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, I think the Cosby kids, besides Lisa, Bo- I mean Lisa Bonet had, but she was kind of a trouble. Yeah, she was kind of troubled uh, from the beginning. But all the other ones seemed to turn out okay. Yeah, they all kind of just. I th- but I think they all stopped acting pretty much. I mean, uh, what's his face has been in some stuff. Theo. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with the influence of Bill Cosby as well. Right. Because right. I think they all went off to they all school. Had mentors. And, yeah. Yeah. So. So. Will Smith turned out pretty well. Will Smith. All yeah. those, all the kids from Fresh Prince did. Yeah. Alfonso Ribeiro. He had that show for a while with LL Cool J. Remember that show? Oh yeah, in the house or in the yeah or something something, yeah. and um. Uh. I'm thinking of the. We were just talking about the the girl who played Ashley, Tatiana M. Ali. Right. She did a little bit afterwards, but she she hasn't. I guess it, well, like the true rate of success is if they've ended up in the news afterwards, and none of them like really the have. Family Matters. Yeah, the girl that did porn. Or a Full House, the one that got hooked on meth. Yeah. Yeah, Steph. Yep. But, and even the Olsen twins, you know, they've kind of had some bumps. Right. So. So. It's a bumpy road. It 